0: Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular MoneySense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is Paul Riedel. He is the CEO of Riverrun, and I've asked him to join us today because as I was talking to my daughter, Julie, we really realized the benefit of having a partnership with someone who could help us to navigate through all of the issues, the technology issues that we were facing. It was like one day the government said, okay, you're all shut down and everybody's got to work from home. And it's like, well, how do we do that? And how do we do it safely? And so when we sat down and we looked at our specific situation at Ellen Becker Investment Group, we realized that in the immediacy, we had to be very resilient And and then we had to recover. And now as things are unwinding, we're really looking at the new reality. And we realized the importance of having a really good solid partnership with somebody who could help us with all three of those different issues that we were facing. And of course, the most important thing for all of us was to keep our employees safe and to keep our clients safe and that meant social distancing and a lot of people working from home and coming in and out at different times. And then of course, we're in the financial industry, everything is so confidential. So like most businesses, I think we were facing many of the same issues. And so, as I said, my guest today is Paul Riedel and he is the CEO of River Run. And Paul, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Karen. I'm excited to be here to, share all the, the the fun experiences that we have with keeping people safe and i really think the topic that you're putting out here is fantastic because it not only affects businesses in a large degree but it also has a, a big effects on us as individuals and the way that you go about Doing that and went about doing that with, with your organization was fantastic because there was a lot of planning that took place. You all sat down and figured it out and worked with us as far as how to make things very, very good. You stayed focused on making sure that you were able to service your clients, which was fantastic. And that made our job easier to make sure that we guided you properly so that you had a very secure um, good experience as you were transitioning.
0: When I think about River Run, you know, it doesn't exactly demonstrate what you all do. So can you give us an idea of all the things that you do for businesses so someone might be able to identify how they could fit into this? And one of the things I know is we did a lot of research and talked to a lot of people. And what became really important to us was someone who could sit down and really listened to what our concerns were and what we wanted to accomplish and the product that we wanted to deliver to our clients. So if you could talk a little bit about what you do, but also how does someone find that relationship? How does someone have the right questions and develop that, that communications? And that's really what it's all about. And of course, the service. The, your service model is extraordinary.
1: Well, thank you, Karen. I appreciate you saying that. What River Run is, is we are a full-service IT firm, and some will call it a managed services provider. And so what that means is that we will go into a business, get an understanding as far as what they're running in their business. Once we have that understanding, we then document that for clients. And then we talk about what's good, what's okay, and what needs attention on their system. And we also talk about, well, where's the business going? What are the, what's the strategy for the business? And then how does IT fit within that strategy? And so once we have those components, then we sit down again with the client and help them develop a strategy that ties in IT. And then how do we maintain and keep that system running? And so our engineers keep a client's system up and running. We help with uh, security. We work very hard with the cloud strategy. Does it make sense to have premise-based equipment or does it make more sense to move things to the cloud? Most of our clients have a combination thereof. And so Uh, The type of clients that we work with are companies that have computers in their office. They may have multiple locations. uh, They may have servers on-premise, or they may just work in the cloud, but they need somebody to help develop a strategy, execute that strategy, and keep their systems up and running.
0: Why don't we take a really quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about what cybersecurity actually means but i guess even more importantly what are some of the hurdles that you had to transition to to help people with this covid-19 and for you to also jump in you know and and help people to understand some of the challenges that they would be facing and with that we'll be right back welcome to money sense i'm karen ellen becker I am the founder of the Ellen Becker Investment Group as well as the senior wealth advisor. My guest today is Paul Riedel, and he is the CEO of River, River Run. And it is a company that we've worked with for a very long time. And you know, you always get to see how things are working when something happens unexpectedly. And that's when you know who your partners are, and that's when you know that you're being taken care of and that people invest in you because they want you to be successful as much as you want them to be successful. And certainly during this whole COVID-19, we were very blessed to be able to, I just say, move on without a hiccup, I mean, and to be able to figure out what we needed to do next. And so when we're talking about COVID-19, Paul, what actually are some of the challenges that people faced, and maybe maybe even challenges that you, as a company, had to face in helping your clients to stay resilient and to stay working and to stay um, taking care of their clients in the way that they had taken care of them before, if possible.
1: That's a that's a great question, and the some of the the big part on the success of this, and and again, I'll refer back to working with um, Ellen Becker Investment Group, is that. Um, there has to be a high level of communication. And so there had to be a very strong high level. We had to have an extreme focus on what, what's very important. And then we had to conduct education. And so we did that with um, with your, your team um, and, and our team as far as just understanding, again, what is involved in getting everybody off site. In some cases, it's very easy. It's just simply pick up your computer, head home, and then get online at home, and away you go but then you've got other variables. You've got phone systems. How do we route phone calls? How do we make sure that we're able to take care of our our clients? And that was one of the big things that your team just kept enforcing is we were talking with them as far as how do we make sure we're staying in contact with our clients? How are we able to give them the information that they need? And so as we were making the moves, the big part about the education piece was just helping clients understand where are their risks and where are there areas that we don't have to worry as much and and let's concentrate on understanding the risks and how to really bring down the risks as we have as we move and we move everybody from to working from home so how did that change you know, how we do business? It really didn't change how we do business because we have a very mobile team because a lot of our engineers are working at client sites or working from their homes. And so that just made our transition go pretty smoothly. Um, but when we look at you know other clients, some of the, the challenges were, again, making sure that people had the right equipment at home and making sure that they had the security established that they should have a tablet. There's a lot of buzzwords there's um, VPN and things like that uh, that just stands for virtual private network and how do we establish a secure link from somebody's home back to their office or from their home to a hosted solution and then how do we make sure that it stays safe that way and so as we were going about this process there was a lot of education that needed to be taken care of and, and one of the things that If we said, okay, what are some of the important measures that businesses should look for to help their employees as they're they're working off-site and keep them safe? Just making sure that we've got solid tools in place, making sure that we have a strong antivirus on everybody's machine. One rule is also just making sure that you're patching the machine that you're using. And by patching, that just means putting a a software update on that machine as as soon as it becomes available from Microsoft or from another vendor. And and when you patch a machine, you want to patch the operating system, which is the Microsoft Windows, and then any applications that you may be running on that machine, you want to keep them patched and current. And the reason that you want to do that is that a lot of the patches are designed to address security issues and security risks. And so those are some of the big pieces that you want to make sure that happen. The other thing that we were instructing people to do. And that is that is to make sure that they are using a business machine. You don't want to start using your child's gaming machine or anything like that, because who knows where they've been, what's been on that machine. And that can attach itself as you're connecting back to your office. So it just came down to a lot of really educating clients as they were going through that process, making sure that, that we were talking about some of the basics, and that's solid tools and all as we went through things.
0: When you were talking, what came to mind is that now that more people may have options to work away from their offices and work outside of the office, that doesn't always mean that they're going to be at their home or that they have a secure network. Could you talk a little bit about some of the dangers that people may encounter as they're working in the airport or as they're working at the coffee shop or even working in a client's home or another business where they may have somebody that actually can get into their computer or do something because that's something that I don't totally understand. And I've seen a lot of different gadgets out there that you put on your phone or you put on your computer and it's supposed to stop hackers. But I don't know exactly how things like that work either.
1: It's a, it's a great question. And it, it's one of those things that people just don't really think about. So it's, it's wonderful that you mentioned this, Karen, because when we look at you know, some of the risks of going into the local coffee shop or sitting at the airport, is that they, they give this great, great value to us. They give us this free internet, which is wonderful. We all get to just connect to it and just off we go. Now the challenge with that is, anything with free has things that are attached. Well, there's a way for people now, if I'm using that free internet, that somebody might be able to intercept my signal or they might be able to attach themselves to me and then I am taking them wherever I go. And they're just doing it casually, just kind of watching me electronically. So the other thing that's a scary is the, we call them the shoulder surfers. And those are the guys that are looking over your shoulder while you're typing in your passwords and doing your things <laughs> and going to the different sites. You've got to be very careful of those, those people as well. So now how do you avoid these things? One of the best ways to do that is that if you have a phone that you can use as what they call a hotspot. And you go into your settings and it, it should say it should say a little hotspot on that. You can click on that and start your phone up, and that becomes the way that you get onto the internet. So you would attach your computer to your hotspot or your phone, and now you have a more secure solution. The other way where I'm using the coffee shop's um, internet, it's a shared wi- Wi-Fi solution. And so that shared Wi-Fi solution, if we have five people in the coffee shop and all are using the, the, the shared Wi-Fi, even though it has a password, there's chances that they could intercept any of uh, the data that's going on there.
0: You know, Paul, it's so funny because it took me a long time to figure out that the cloud wasn't a cloud in the sky. <laughs> and I had to figure that out. So some of this stuff is really tough for people who don't work with it all the time. How does that actually work where somebody takes your password, they literally then can get into all your files and they can get your pertinent information. Or I've heard of all these different scams that have happened where people get into your porf- into your computer and they say, unless you pay X amount of dollars, you know, we won't turn your computer back on and a variety of different things like that. And that is really scary.
1: Oh, it's tremendously scary. What, what can happen is that as you start looking at security issues, it really is very important to make sure that you are protecting your um, passwords and protecting them and changing your passwords on a regular basis. Ideally, you're having a password uh, that is 14 characters long and that has mixtures of, of letters and capital letters, small letters, um, numbers, symbols, things along that line to make it, make it hard for somebody to, to break in. Um, or they'd get tired of typing in the long password, one of the two. Um, but we want to make sure that as we're looking at the, how does the password work, it's you should have passwords that you are always keying into your system or utilizing something called two-factor authentication. And I can get to that. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But the passwords are very critical in that we have to have, a, you should have a password for all the different applications you use. You should have a different password for all of the different Um, services or or web services that you're using as well because that really decreases the chance of somebody getting one password and then being able to get into all of your different locations. So if you think about it, you think about it as the same same way that you think about when you go into your house and in the house you've got different rooms and each room has a lock on it. Well if somebody breaks in and they can't get into the kitchen because there's a lock on the kitchen door, well that's good. But if you all shared the same key and have the same key for it, in other words, the same password, they could get in the whole entire house. And so that's what we want to do is make sure that, that we keep passwords, make sure they're complex, complex, make sure you change them on a regular basis. And by regular basis, I'd say, you know, every 60 to 90 days. And then you want to make sure that you have different passwords Uh, for all of the different services and and applications you use.
0: And this is businesses as well as individuals. And of course, maybe we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, how does someone store all these passwords and remember them? That's the, you know, that's the difficult. We've got so many now. And then of course, the other thing is, if something happens to you in business, you know, I think this was one of the very first times, Paul, where everyone collectively at one point during this last three or four months has wondered to themselves, wow, what if I died? What if I got COVID? What if, what if, what if? And so we're looking at families, we're looking at spouses, we're looking at business owners, and all of a sudden something happens to them and other people need to get into some of this These different places of the houses that you're talking about, they need to get into different things, and yet nobody's got a record of these passwords or knows where they are. So when we come back, let's look at how can we protect ourselves, but simplify it maybe a little, and with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Paul Riedel, and he is the CEO of Riverrun, which is a technology company. And they also have been partnering with us for a very long time, helping us to wade through all of these different, you know, technology issues. And it's not just as simple as, you know, we have our phone and we can do things, but I remember when I started my company 25 years ago, I had one computer and three employees. And now I walk around my offices and I go, oh my gosh, these are all my computers. <laughs> you know, These are all my, you know, and we started out with, you know, big pieces of equipment and servers, and now they're small. And then all of a sudden, they found a cloud, which always mystified me for a while. And so it's been moving through these last 25 years, where we have seen technology change. And it used to be that we'd have a password. And I could relate it to a grandchild, or I could relate it to something. And now this whole idea of the trying to account for all these passwords and, and everybody's password and who does that in a corporation and how do you do it effectively? And when I said, how do you simplify it? You, you laughed.
1: Well, of, of course I laughed because you <laughs> just gave me an impossible task to explain <laughs> how to simplify all this password technology. <laughs> Seriously, the passwords, as we talked about, are extremely important and, and managing the passwords is, a, is another challenge that people have. And the big thing is there are, there are password managers or password vaults out there that clients can utilize to store and manage their passwords. And, and some of the advantages to using that is that it keeps things in, in a centralized location, it's secure in, in, in that regards. The other thing is with, with passwords also, there are different pe- password methodologies. You can have a password that is auto-generated for you, and those usually are just extremely difficult to get. The other passwords that, that we've seen are passwords and you use some type of a phrase. Um, you mentioned using a, a child's name. It's, again, you could use, you know, I like to go to the store with Karen as the password and then throw some letters and numbers and things along that like that into it so that it's something that it's, you can remember, but it's something that is going to get more complex by adding the numbers and the characters and things in amongst that. The challenge with replacing or, or changing passwords on a regular basis is that the passwords, it's, it's very hard to keep remembering all the passwords for all the different groups. And so that's where some type of a password manager really helps. The other thing, and I touched on it in, in, a little bit ago, is having what they call two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication. And I, I believe most of the, your listeners and clients have experienced this in that when you go to a, a bank, when you're going remotely to a bank... The bank will say, okay, you can log in. What's the username? What's the password? But then they send some type of a signal to a cell phone or to another device so that you have to approve that. And so that's the two factor because if, I, if I'm, if i let's go back to the coffee shop. If somebody is looking over my shoulder and they see my username and they see my password and they see that I'm banking at ABC mm-hmm. and they can go in, they get try to get into that that bank and they use my username and password well they're going to get stuck because now my two-factor authentication is being sent to my cell phone now again those things are you've got to make sure you're keeping your cell phone safe and you've got to make sure that you're keeping your uh, your password and your username safe as well but just keeping it simple as far as you know where it's like i said some type of a password manager or password vault is is a good idea and then um, you would ask the question about well what happens if you know, what What happens if Paul becomes sick and he needs, his family needs to get the passwords. And that's one of those things that, again, sharing that password through the password vault with your spouse is something that would be a good idea, but keeping that obviously in a safe spot as well. Um, because again, it's something that keeping passwords um, secure is the, is the ultimate goal here.
0: Paul, well, what are some of the things that, as a new business owner, Say there's a listener out there that says, you know what? I really, I wish that during this whole COVID thing when I was struggling with so many other things on my plate that I could have turned over some of that to a partnership with technology so that I could focus more on my clients and focus more on my employees and my products rather than having to worry about all those details. And they're saying, but what would that look like? If I call River Run? what does that look like? And what are the types of questions and the types of things that you help people to ferret out to realize if their system is adequate and if it's working even the way that they would want it to be working?
1: The, um, the experience that a client will receive when they, when they call us is they do get a lot of questions. And um, it's, it's it's very similar to your style and your approach when you're starting to work with new clients. It's really understanding you know their their lifestyle or business style. It's understanding how big their 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 organization is. It's understanding what technology is is and it's understanding their view on technology. Um, some some companies view technology as just a an expense and ugh oh, it's it's just it's a pain. We have to use it. Other clients look at it as a as a, an advantage. It's a way to. Get a competitive advantage over somebody else because we use the technology differently or we get more use out of it, and so they look at it as an investment and so as we're moving moving forward in a relationship with the client it's really understanding how do they use that technology then it's understanding how is the technology configured and also how are we do, how do we need to gain access to that technology as, as you pointed out, more people are working from home. Well, they need to be able to get into that technology remotely. So, what are the what's the safe way to do that? Another big key to this, Karen, is is that people have to be educated. And so, the companies that take the time and provide additional education to the to their end users, those are the companies that really decrease the chance of you know, being um, infected with, as you were talking about, some of the ransomware or, or being being hacked, because. The end users, if you look at the majority of of issues that are out there, they're caused by end user mistakes. Somebody hasn't applied something or somebody has has, uh, um, left their machine on when they're at that coffee shop and, and, you know, gone uh, to get another cup of coffee. And because of that, somebody is able to then get in and compromise uh, uh, the the system. Mm -hmm. And so educating people on what a safe practice means. And it's, again... When you go to the airport, don't use the free Wi-Fi there. Use the hotspot on your phone. When you're, um, uh, when you're putting your password in, make sure there's nobody sitting there looking over your shoulder, making sure that you are changing your passwords. Those are all the big things, as we talked about, that help us really hone in on educating the end users to be safe. And then the other things to really think about is, you know, again, what websites do you go to? And making sure that you're not going to websites that, that you could be inviting some, some hackers back on. So those are just some of the big, you know, the big pieces to think about there. And then the other piece that, that you would really want to think about with regards to, um, you know, keeping safe and, and, and training the, the end users is, is also, you know, what emails do I open and what emails don't I open? And that's yes. a critical one. And there are some, there are some um, email testing software out there. They call it phishing testing. And that would be something that I think that every business should invest in because what it does is it tests the end user and sends them um, emails that are designed to trip them up or get them to test them to make sure they're paying attention. Um, there's, a couple, there's a couple of keys, key um, things to just to note. You know, if somebody is saying, listen, I've got $10 million and I wanna share it with you, I'm gonna say that that is not an email that we should be opening. And and we should be deleting those completely. And not just deleting them out of your inbox, but deleting them out of the inbox and deleting them out of the deleted email folder as well. You want them off your system as quickly as possible. Um, one other thing that I wanna make sure that we talk about too is when we, when we educate clients we also talk about um, going back to doing some old school types type activities. Whenever an email comes through or whenever a text message comes through that says, hey, Paul, move money over here, that should never be done just right off the bat. It, there should be some confirmation that, that's taking place with me picking up the phone or calling somebody or somebody calling me to make sure that that transaction is really, really right. So, so it's kind of like, as I'm saying, going old school because we're going to go have to pick up that phone and dial it again. But it gives us the ability to really validate that, yes, that is a true true thing that's happening. I actually had an email come to me that said I was supposed to send myself money to transfer it into another account because I had set up another account for myself. <laughs> so that's the type of stuff that's coming through. So I, I checked with myself I called myself and I had not set up another account and I did not want to transfer money, so I didn't transfer that money. But it does really happen and that's where again, educating your people is really critical and reminding them over and over and over. It's kind of being like-
0: conscientious, really being conscientious. Really yes. being conscientious of the issues or to be proactive and understand what possibilities could go wrong in a, in a split second because you can't pull that money back, it's gone.
1: Right. And that's the problem. And that's where again you have to be diligent, and you have to be suspicious when you're opening emails, and you just have to really be selective on what you open. And and I say that because again these emails that are coming through now, you look at some of the scams. The emails are, well, donate to you know COVID care. We're going to save the world. And and you have to be really careful about the the scams that are out there and opening things that you shouldn't be opening. And so you know the the rule of thumb is if if it don't if it seems too good to be true delete it if it's something that you've never seen or didn't solicit for delete it you know those are the big things that you should think about um another thing is that you'll see sometimes emails are are kind of they're spoofing or they're they're stealing somebody else's um email address so so if i get an email from karen asking me for um a donation well that that could be a legit one and if i wasn't sure i could just take my cursor and put it over the sender's mailbox and did it really come from Karen at ah. Ellen Decker Investment Group, or did it come from bad guys at com?
0: <laughs> Paul, when you talk about, um, well, first of all, on scams and things, I just want to remind people that they can go to the Better Business Bureau and they can check out some of these companies that might be sending them things, or if they do run into a scam, to notify the Better Business Bureau because they get it right out there. They do a check on it and they go out there and notify their entire you know, group that follows them. So that's one thing. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, when does a company, at what point should a company be looking at a partnership with a company like River Run to help them? You know, a lot of times people will talk about estate planning and people will say, well, I don't have enough money to do that. And it's, never really about the money. It's really about your beneficiaries. There's so much more to it. And I think a lot of times people get confused about the ideas. When when do I need that type of support in my business? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and the senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And of course, if you have any questions or are interested in talking with us, please give us a call. And I will also give you um, my guest's phone number. And my guest today is Paul Riedel, and he is the CEO of Riverrun, which is a technology company that we've used and had a partnership for years. And there's one thing that I really realized is when all this was happening, it happened so fast that we had to make so many decisions in short order that if we had not had a trusted partnership where we could, we didn't have to second guess what was going on, they knew us, they spent a lot of time knowing what was important to us, gave us recommendations that we could immediately put in place and start to move forward and as I call, be extremely resilient in our recovery from something that was very difficult to predict. And, but the hard challenge always is, is when do you need to increase your relationship. When do you go from maybe having somebody that was doing accounting to now you really need a CPA. Now you need tax attorneys. I mean, how does someone know, Paul, when they should be thinking about developing that relationship with a technology company? Because a lot of times, and you mentioned it earlier, people think, oh, it's just going to be so expensive. It's something that we really can't afford to do, or maybe they really can't afford not to do.
1: Again, a great question with regards to when do you engage a, a professional, and it it's it's kind of similar. Again, our businesses are so similar, and that when do they when do they engage an investment advisor, and at what at what point? And in, a lot of it has to do with with again it's it's people's people's view on things and people's um, their 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 focus and. And what I mean by that is that, that a lot of companies, if they, they're smaller and they've got, you know, one or two machines and they're, they're working on a shoestring budget, it is difficult to say, boy, let's invest in a firm to come in and help keep these machines running. Um, but when a company is getting to the size where um, they're, they're, they're tired of managing their IT or they don't have the time, it's disturbing their ability to deliver service, that's a, that's a big indicator. When IT becomes something that they're talking about on a daily basis with their people because it's got some hiccup or some challenge going on, that's another indicator there. I don't think a company, I can't say that, boy, when you have three machines, you need to call an IT firm or when you have, have 50, it's, there's really no magic number. It just is the part of the, the value that somebody puts on IT is number one. And then how complex is their IT? And then, how vulnerable is their IT as well? And that's that kind of ties in with that security topic that we've been talking about, um, because if they're working with, um, if they're working in healthcare or they're working in financial, um, in, in the financial industries, um, they've got different requirements and different um, compliance issues that they have to make sure they're adhering to. And that's again, when it becomes IT becomes more complex and the compliance issues become more complex, that's the other time to really engage an organization like RiverRun. help stay ahead of that and to to make sure that things are compliant and and moving forward properly.
0: You know Paul one of the things that I noticed was that so many businesses tried very quickly particularly restaurants but a lot of businesses try to do curbside shopping and curbside dining and um, and some of them got it going really quickly and others had two or three stops and starts which makes it very unpredictable but it's also frustrating for individuals who are trying to order and not getting orders right or not getting things right. So technology affects us in so many ways. And of course, there's a fear that technology now will take over. Everybody's learned how to order everything online. Will they ever want to shop again? But getting it right is so important because you get you do it once or twice wrong and people kind of forget about you.
1: As, as we look at it, it's it, using technology is it's it's a wonderful tool but let's not forget what it's supposed to be doing what it's supposed to be doing is it's supposed to be bringing people ideas concepts together faster it's supposed to be bridging that and when technology gets in the way then it's 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 useless so as we're looking at this the world's changing and the world's evolving we're going to work on this balance thing how do we balance being you know face to face with people how do we balance when, when are we going to be using Teams or when are we going to be using um, Zoom to, to, to communicate with people? And, and that's the biggest thing. And that's the – your business and our business, it still is based off of personal relationships and really getting to know the, the clients, really understanding their needs. And you can't do that with technology in the middle. There still has to be a lot of the face-to-face. There still has to be the phone calls. There still has to be some of the teams But it's that face-to-face that interaction that really allows you to get um get somewhere and really help help clients out Uh, we do a lot of we still go on site to a lot of our clients and when we go on site to your organization as well just to um, make sure that when we're doing work there that's when people hear us and they're able to interact with us and we hear what's going on in the office and we can offer ideas with hey we understand there was a problem with how your printer was interacting with something here's an idea with how to make that more effective and so you become much more effective for clients if you have more of a, a personal relationship with them and, and less of just a, boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to um, send you emails and we're going to send some texts back and forth.
0: You know, with what's happened, we're wondering what the new reality is going to look like. What's emerging from technologies that we might be seeing different from all this? I mean, it always people become very innovative. Companies become very innovative when we are first with a challenge, and certainly this was a challenge, what do you see for the technology for the future, that, that new future?
1: Yeah, the, the things about the technology for the future is that I, we see a lot more um, utilizing the, um, the virtual meetings. Uh, we still see that those are going to just continue to grow and flourish. Looking for more collaborative tools, we're going to see more of that so that people don't have to be in the same room, they don't have to see something up on a you know, put something up on a whiteboard or anything along that line, It's you can do that all with the meeting. So using these tools more effectively. Um, the other thing that we're going to we're seeing is that, that really people have to, and I'm going to go back to the, the, the main topic, we have to be very purposeful with our security. And what I mean by that is that we have to really understand what are we going to be using, how are we going to be using it, who needs access to it, and then we have to talk about what are the risks by using that technology. Because anytime you have a computer connected to the net, into internet, or anytime you're, you're sending an email, you're exposing yourself at that point to some vulnerabilities. And it's really understanding that and really decreasing the chance of, of being, um, uh, being breached and, and having, having somebody get into your system. So those are the big things that, that we're seeing as far as there's more advancements in, in the, the security technology. Um, the other thing that we're going to see is it's, it is carrying your, your whole office with you just on the computer and, and, it's, and utilizing that even more. It's again, having your, having your voice calls, your phone calls there, having your, your team's meetings, having your all of your data and having access to it wherever you are in a secured manner. And so mm-hmm. you're going to see more advancements in um, the type of Wi-Fi connections that are available for people and, and how the Wi-Fi is working. But a lot of it goes back down to And I'm going to keep, again, I sound like a broken record and I apologize, but it's being very focused on educating your end users and educating the people that are out there. Because there's always a new cool tool or there's always a new software or there's always something that's out there that's so great. and We got to have that, but you got to make sure that it's not opening up your system to some type of a a vulnerability.
0: You know, Paul, one of the things, as you're mentioning that, that I think about two questions yet, how much more could we do if we understood what our systems could do for us? And then the other one would be the importance of, we always talk about estate planning documents and beneficiaries, having everything work together as one uniform uniform piece. And I'm wondering, sometimes things get so hodgepodged and people don't even know how it all works, and there could be so much more value to it if they understood.
1: Yeah, Karen, that's a, a great point, and that ties in with one of our, one of the services that we offer, which is um, virtual CIO services or CIO services, that just is chief information officer, and what that does is it ties into what, what you're talking about in that you've got this hardware, you've got this cloud thing, you've got this software, you've got these people, you've got all these things, these variables. How do you tie them together and get the most use out of them? And a lot of that has to do with, again, understanding what the objectives of the organization are, and then how do these pieces fit fit the puzzle and fit in with that? And so as the CIO works with clients, they're not looking just at, oh, you need a new PC or you need to keep your PC running. It's well, what's on the computer? What software are we running? What data do we need access to? Who needs access to that data? And do they need access from their home or, or do they only have access from the office or do they need to be able to um, uh, send messages more securely? And so as we're, as we're moving forward, it's again, having, that, having somebody just kind of taking the big umbrella and saying, okay, what are the pieces we need to put under that umbrella? How are we using them? What other features are available? And are those features a good benefit to the organization? You know, it's kind of like, if you think about your car, there's so many buttons in the cars now with so many different features and how many, of the, do, how many people use every single feature that a car comes with. So,
0: well, and I, I know also you have things like power outages and then everything goes down and you've got to get everything back up and working and some things come up and some things get reset. I mean, it can be very complicated the more things you add to it.
1: You're exactly right. And so as we start plugging things in, we plug in our thermostat, we plug in the the garage door openers, we start plugging everything into the system. Now you've got more points of entry that we have to be concerned with security and just keeping it secure. And then what happens if we make a change? Well, we make the change. We got to change other areas besides just my computer at that point.
0: My guest today is Paul Riedel. He is the CEO of River Run. And if you would like to reach out to him, you can do that through 414-228-7474, or very easily, you can go to river-run.com. Paul, thank you so much, an absolutely fantastic topic.
1: Oh, thank you, Karen. It was a lot of fun talking with you and, uh, and hopefully sharing information. And if people just have questions or concerns, Just have them call that number and we'll take care of the questions and concerns for them.
0: 414-228-7474. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262-691-691. 3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.